When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Listen to 90 minutes from wherever you are. Lauda, what do you got? All right, guys, so let's keep the pronunciation train going because I wanted to tell you guys about a new theater that opened up in Inglewood, and Inglewood hasn't opened up a new theater in 30 years. So I say Cinepolis, and it's Cinepolis Luxury Cinemas in Inglewood who, that just opened next to Hollywood Park and by SoFi Stadium, and everybody back here is saying it a little bit different. Not that I want to bury the lead because, again, it hasn't. Uh, Inglewood has not seen a new theater in over 30 years. But how do you guys pronounce Cinepolis? It's Cinepolis is how you say it in Spanish. Um, in English, it would be pronounced Cinepolis. Well, okay, now why why do you think that Anglicization, easy for me to say, occurred? Like, is Cinepolis too hard to say? Like, what? where do you think that came from? Because I would say Cinepolis. To be clear, I've actually only seen this written on signs and things, mm-hmm. so I've never actually said this word out loud. But as soon as I read it, I was like, oh, I would call that Cinepolis. That, that would be me. That's for me. But why, why do you think that's happened as opposed to people? Why, why do you think people are saying Cinepolis? I, I don't know, but I've heard it being I've heard it called that before. Right. So that's right, why right. the only reason I would uh, defer to that pronunciation. Yeah, I got you. It's weird. I'm kind of changing my take on this a little bit. <laughs> I think I'm going to start calling it Cinepolis. Cinepolis. All right. I mean, there you go. Why not? Cinepolis. You know? That's how you say it in Spanish. Yeah. And those are the words I'm reading. The letters in, I'm reading in, on my screen. And perhaps in Greek too. Look, see why if we're going to be hitting the e. In fabletics, we're hitting the, yeah, the accent. Exactly right. on Consistency is the okay. model of this program, you know what I mean? And so let's try to make sure that we keep some level of it afloat. I mean, Cinepolis, Cinepolis is how this word spells out to me. So well, that's how I would say it. I was yeah. like tripping. Where in Inglewood, uh, Laura? Uh, it's it right, it's uh, right next to like Hollywood Park. Uh, where like SoFi oh, okay. is, yeah, like it's it's a new luxury yeah. cinema. It has twelve screens, twelve hundred plus seats, and you know it has a cool like dining feature. So it, you know I love yeah. the dining theaters. They have house made pizzas, yeah. tacos, bougie. sandwiches. It is it's a bougie, yeah, but it's definitely a treat yourself experience. But I love that because oh, same, same. like I'm almost like I love the Alamo Draft House here in downtown. Like I yeah. love the mm-hmm. setup there. So you know, listen. For me, that whole section now with SoFi, like that's something that was missing and now they have it. And the fact that yeah. I said, see, see, now I'm over here tripping on my words. <laughs> see, Nepalis has the gotten, you know, because there is other theaters that could have gone with it. Got it? Like, I'm like, I'm all in. Just yeah. Saying. Yeah. That's good. No, that, that's pretty nice. And um, yeah, that Hollywood Park area, SoFi, and then the new arena for the Clippers. Um, <laughs> you know, it's. It, yeah, I know you don't love that. 
Um, that but it's funny. Remember, I, I heard John and, and Mace talking about this earlier, and it was something that we brought up on this show a while back. And we can end this real quick. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. So I brought this up a couple of months ago on this show because we were talking about the Washington name change earlier. Mm -hmm. And because Magic had alluded to that's a possibility with the commanders. And I was at a game um, in the suite, in the 710 suite during the basketball season. And Jacob and Ronnie came to me and said, the Clippers, when they move to their new arena, should change their name. Like they should rebrand because huh. the, the brand is synonymous with losing, losing right? Sure. And I don't know about losers. Losing mm. is what I would say. Okay. Um, okay. But... Um, and I didn't disagree with that. And so I heard John and Mace talking about it today, and it got me thinking about the conversation I had on this show at, right after that that conversation I had with Jacob the night before. Clinton, do you do you agree with that? Do you think that they should what should the Clippers rebrand? Well, there's <clears throat> there's two things about the Clippers, and I always have to get out my um, first off my shot that I take every single time. Reminder. Mm -hmm. Nobody on earth talks about the Clippers more than Lakers fans, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, I do think that there is something to be said for that, but I think you do a reverse Angels move. You go to a generalized California deal as opposed to trying oh. to become, or you call yourselves the Englewood, whatever. You know, you can't go with Los Angeles if you're changing but not necessarily moving. You know what I mean? Like, I feel that if you're really oh, going to Oh, so you're saying keep Clippers. You're saying change well, the front even end. Even if you of, don't keep Clippers, the... you've got to get a right. general – you've got to get a geographical change in there. And that would go for any team that's moving out of – you know, if you're rebranding but you're not actually leaving the city and there's another team in the city, yeah, I think you've got to find a way to make something more than just the name what changes because then people will just be like, oh, those are the old Clippers. And that's fine. That would be what it would yeah. be anyway, presumably. But – if you find a way to get both names out of what the old thing was, I think it's a better move. But California, I, I don't know. Would you call them the Inglewood somethings or the California? I don't know. That'd be that'd be now. Now, if you I'm know, the, you know, one of the nicknames, one of the nicknames for Inglewood is City of Champions. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So going with Inglewood, I feel like that would just give Laker fans an easy, easy ammunition, right? Yes, to be we like, would. well, you're not a champion. Um, even though that it, the Lakers wasn't the reason it was labeled a city of champions, it was right. from a, the 1932 Olympics, um, the marathon race went through Inglewood. Um, and that's where the, the label city of champions actually came from. It wasn't actually from the Lakers. It was well before that, but I, I feel like Inglewood would, listen, it would be badass to me. Like, don't get me wrong, but I feel like the local people would not be thrilled about that. Uh, I also was one. I also was one that said that um, I remember Laura also got very mad at this. And I said, Balmer bought your house, your old house. Ugh. Like, how does that feel that Balmer bought your old house? You know, right down the street, Ugh. right next door, nearly. I mean, my initial thought, you know, my initial thoughts was on that. If, if, if that place wasn't an iconic music venue as well, I always thought what yeah. Balmer should have done was had a public literal destruction of the Great Western Forum just to make people mad. Like, put all the dynamite around it, invite people out, and blow it up in front of America. That actually would have been, to me, one of the most baller moves. Now, do I want the Forum gone? It was this very, it'd be very wrestling with, heel. Yes. Right, but it yes. doesn't have anything to do with basketball. I don't want the Forum gone because it's a great music venue, but, like, that would it have is. been the move if I was Balmer. Still in play. He owns the building. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. How great would that be? We're opening our new center. Bang! Blow up the forum. Get out of here. I mean, it would be something that like Bobby the Brain Heenan would have done. In like, I mean, a, does he not uh, look like, like Bobby the Brain Heenan? Come on, this is yeah. not out of the yeah. question. 
Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, um, yeah, I, I would rebrand them. I, I, I would. I would at least yeah. consider it. I'm so. trying to think of like um, what, what, what a good name for like a new NBA team is a very interesting nut, nut to crack, if you will. Like, I think I remember right. the Oklahoma City Thunder didn't go over well with me. I would have preferred no. they were just – I mean, I remember I remember legitimately thinking the Oklahoma Thundercats would have been a sweet name. Didn't that would happen. Be sweet. Right. You know what I mean? They went to Oklahoma City because, you know, they have a different relationship with the rest of the state. I, I didn't. I actually do not like the Oklahoma City Thunder's name, in fact. It does not roll off the tongue, and it has not since they got invented. So if they're going to rebrand to something like that – Coming from, let's just use the same example, like the Seattle Supersonics, who went from that to the Oklahoma City Thunder, that was a downgrade. Not that the Los Angeles Clippers is anything great, but you certainly don't want to make it worse on top of it. Yeah, I don't know how many names you could come up with that would make sense for L.A., right? Like, um, I know that the old USFL team, right? Weren't they called the Outlaws, I guess? I believe so. Um, Yeah. I I like that Olympic Um, angle, though. That's something that I would consider using. You know, I mean, not that the Olympics is above reproach, but it also sort of gets you out of the conversation of dealing with directly being rivalrous to the other team in town. You don't even have to think about that. You just think more largely about, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you can get some fans from people that are from here, but not from Los Angeles, but from other places, you know, around and who just don't really care for the Lakers, as it may be. You know, that's that's the that's the play if you're going to brand outside of specifically Los Angeles. Ooh, how about Los Diablos? Oh, California Diablos. That actually is not bad. What I do you mean, think, Laura? I don't feel like that's a the boo. The boo would love it, right? No, no, no. L.A. No. Diablos. The boo. That that's actually like a would soccer, be a good name. Like a soccer. I, I personally, when I think of that, I would think that's a badass uh, name for a soccer team. That, then you're making you're making his point for him. That that to me is actually a genius marketing Man. right there. If you think of something that is already established that is not losing basketball. You have achieved the goal of the rebrand, George. Am I wrong? That's the entire Correct. idea is to get away from what you're already doing and to find something new that people can associate it with. I mean, also me trying to help the Clippers in any way, shape, or form is not my thing. So, you know, there's that too. So why do you keep talking about them? You are. You guys hey are literally talking about Nobody them right now. About the Clippers more than Lakers it's fans. literally Roasted. what happened. Nobody. In this segment, we are uh-huh. talking about them. Nobody. We're also a sports station. That's oh, why, not are. because of any other we reason. Are. Just I like Diablos. Sedona, Di- I, like I really like Diablos, yeah. too. <laughs> I like that. That's cool. It's growing on me the more I hear. Palmer, you can have it for a, a very small fee, is what I would say. <laughs> the one, take that 1%. Also, Christian right. weighed in. Tell Sedano, I agree. I'm like, well, no, babe. Let's not oh, he it. likes it. Yeah, he does. He does. Uh-oh. Okay. If the boo likes it. You know, Los Diablos. Majority wins at this Diablos. point, right? He's like, we're going to yeah. see horns everywhere. <laughs> Bro, I think it would be pretty cool. Like, you already have the marketing stuff. Like, it could be pretty yeah. badass, I would say. Diablos. And you're already I mean, kind of like, the Laker fans already look at you as like, ugh. Like, you know what I mean? So now you might just lean into it. Be the Diablos. <laughs> I just think Diablos yeah. sounds cool. It's fun to say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. More than anything. Forget the Lakers. Yeah. Like, that's just a cool name, you know? I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey Arcio says they seem to like the condors and just lean into the condors. Oh my like God. condors, though? The condor is – let me explain something to you. That condor is, A, the most terrifying mascot in the league. Yes. Never no, mind. the baby one in New Orleans is pretty uh, no, terrible, too. No, I, 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 I don't agree because the baby is at least indicative of a smaller toy. The condor was conjured out of thin air. All right. I don't know who invented the condor. Respectfully to all the people that put together mascots, that thing look it. It looks is the like condor awful. native? 
Is the condor native here? What's going on? I don't here? know, but that condor looks like what a real like. How to explain this? Clinton you know, like if an animatronic stuff. had the night off and they weren't wearing their stage clothes, that's what the condor looks like. Oh, like, wait, 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 wait. More on. There is a California condor. There is a California condor. So there you go. That's probably this, what it yeah. is. That, that I feel like they were handed index cards upside down and they just had to pick one. <laughs> California condors. But I'm with you. It is strange. Chuck Clinton is strange. Hates you know? Chuck. I mean, Chuck it, is the worst. I talk he, about Chuck all the time. Yes, he does. Abomination. Like, I hate it. Forget Chuck. Chuck. Chuck is the reason why I don't give Clippers fans a break in this conversation either. <laughs> How do you have allowed Chuck to walk and stalk the sidelines in the hallways of Crypto.com Arena without him getting knocked out? I do not condone violence. Watching him saying. descend yeah, from I the mean, ceiling scary. haunts Look, my nightmares. I, I, I love a good mascot. Okay, I, I, I love uh-huh. a good it. mascot. Okay. I do. I like when I go to Chicago. I love Benny the Bull. Oh, he's awesome. I like Rocky. He's top five. Rocky. Yeah. The, yeah, Rocky the Mountain Lion in Denver is cool. I love Bernie in Miami. He's like a weird basketball, like, you know, grimace looking thing. Sure. Um, you know, I, I, I like uh, the, the gorilla from the Suns, right? Like, I like those. I'm, I'm a Hugo from, from Charlotte, which, by the way, recently, did you see the video of when the Hornets drafted Brandon Miller instead of Scoot Henderson? Did no, you see that at their rally the or no? That was incredible. That was where Hugo like literally puts buries his 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 mascot head his hornet head into his hands. Uh, it was hilarious actually to watch. Yes, uh, the jazz bear even the bear of the jazz isn't so terrible. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's yeah. fine. I'm a mascot friendly person. Okay, Same. the raptor. Uh, when Kawhi was there, I was there a lot. And uh, you know the raptor acted like he was gonna eat my head in a picture. It was great. Like oh, I sure. love me. I right. love me. I love the coyote in San Antonio. Who doesn't love the coyote in San Antonio? I know it's so I about. love mascots, but I'm kind of with you on Chuck. It's kind of like he's it not, doesn't work weird. at all. He's not good. Doesn't work. It's got a big how do you do kids energy to it, and you're just <laughs> like, bro, you're either gonna be a real mascot or you're not. This like sort of in between. I look like something that somebody uh, came up with in their brain. You know what? I, don't, I don't like it. That kind of tracks like with Chuck. the team. He's not like a Chuck. real one. What's that? I said he kind of. Are you tracks- talking about the Clippers again? Yeah, yeah. I said, because we're still talking about the damn Clippers. Like, it tracks. Yeah. They ain't a real yeah. one. Shout out Nobody, to Bailey yeah. and Rampage since we're doing Nobody that. Nobody talks about the Clippers yeah. more than Lane Kiffin. Uh, all right. Coming trip. up next, we didn't get to Lane Kiffin wanting to rearrange college football despite not having a mirror in his house. Uh, so we'll get to Lane and what he said. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I, I Let me tell you something. When she was singing this during the Super Bowl, I even stood up off the couch. I was like, come on, girl. <laughs> Got your melanin moving a little bit out there. Everybody was like, like everybody in my house was like, Ella, 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 right. eh, eh. One of the worst call and responses ever, but it's so good. You know what I'm saying? Like, not super oh, no creative, doubt. but it's a definitely catchy one. Oh my God! Come on, man. Are you serious? Like everybody loves this song. I don't care oh, who yeah, absolutely. you are. This is, but this might actually be my favorite Rihanna song. Like in 2007, of, like, sing- me and my wife at some random bar when we were just dating, definitely jamming out to this. Oh yeah, th- this sure. was one where like yeah, you could get it active on the dance floor if you you know if you appreciated the beat drops. Really good song. Good video too, by the way. Oh my God! Yeah, no doubt. Um, who are they doing next year at the Super Bowl? Did they already announce this? I do not know. I thought I'm it was between Harry Styles. I don't Harry keep up. Cyrus I thought it was like Miley Cyrus or something like Harry that. Styles Am I wrong with that? Or Miley Cyrus, something like that. Okay. I'd rather Harry Styles personally. Yeah, he's. he's I know more he's, of his Miley's catalog incredible. than Miley. Give, bring me in both. No, 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 no. You don't need both. What do you mean you don't need both? What is that? Where is the Super Bowl? Do you do we remember what happened when it was in L.A.? They had like oh, huge but that's stars. different. How is it different? Why is it different, Laura? Because for me, it was like, I mean, I'm not Well, they had like a bunch of different artists that were representative of the city, is what she's saying. Yeah, but I mean, I'm saying it's the idea of having more than one big artist is not new to the Super Bowl, is what I mean. No. Yeah, I mean, right. They did Shakira and Jaden at uh, Miami. This is how we do it these days. Cruz Azul, by the way, is putting it on Inter Miami. As in, oh my God! Yeah, they haven't the scored yet, but they have, they have, they have uh, like multiple shots on goal in the first four minutes of the this match. And Messi yeah. is definitely not on the field. So my buddy just texted me, yeah. the same guy. So we, the, the high school chat is switched from slam ball on Maine to this on Maine. And my buddy just texted me. Yeah. He said, "Can you imagine paying six G's for a seat and he's not even starting yeah. this damn game? I'd be furious." Yeah, um, I know, right? That. For sure. By the way, wasn't look- even in the building. LeBron and Messi uh, already have embraced, apparently, before uh, that right? before the match. The important yes. stuff. Uh, yeah. I will send that to you now. In the uh, I'll put that in the circle of trust as well. Um, yeah, they. I mean, listen, those two go way back, actually. They do. Did you know that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, you they know, go way back. So. Superstars of this regard. Also, very interesting that the, you know the pink on the Barbie Day too for Miami. This is good cross promotional branding. Everything is good on that. By the way, mm-hmm. so I had an experience today at the theater that I haven't had in a long time. Which is, I walked to my local theater, because I have a local theater that I can get to. There are two, in fact, in my neighborhood. And this is the smaller of the two. And so I said earlier, well, I went and got, I went and got a ticket, and then I went and got lunch, and then I came back. And the lady gave me the wrong ticket for, I mean, excuse me, at the time, I was buying a seat for noon, and she gave me one for 11. So the guy at the ticket thing, when I walked in at like 11.45, said, oh, it's Theater 2. It was not Theater 2. So I walked down to Theater 2, and the place was full. And ironically, rather, I guess this is coincidence, not irony. When I opened the door, I looked at the screen, and like one part that is definitively in the trailer is what was playing on the big screen. And I was like, 
okay, well, this must have already started. This is not the movie theater. So I went back. And I was like, hey, you know, I think you've sent me to the wrong movie. And I looked at my ticket. I was like, she gave me one for an earlier time than I even wanted. No big deal. We changed it back. But then I'm walking back. I stopped and got some gummy bears and some soda. And I realized I'm the only person here not in pink. And I am now currently the person <laughs> in the movie theater wearing my regular clothes to the very themed out premier weekend situation and it's been a while since i've been in a position like that because the last time i think i wore i might have worn a dashiki i definitely wore dashiki to the black parents with two premiere i don't think i wore anything to spider-man but i might have but i was definitively just wearing sweatshorts and a sweatshirt nothing remotely barbie and people are looking at me like i was the biggest jerk in the world like i'm some dude who thinks he's too cool i was like no it's just a friday i got you know what i mean cuz there's dudes in there you know but there's stuff on and i'm now seeing on social media now that this is like a big theme party for everybody involved robert griffin is out here dressing up with his homies and his wife all sorts of dudes are making ken trips to the theater so shouts to all y'all out there who might be headed to the theater to see barbie it is that good it's worth your time shout out there you go did you watch indiana jones at all or no I did not. I did not get to that. Um, I have sort of fallen away from that franchise in later stages. I don't believe I ever. The Shia LaBeouf one, just yeah. Shia was yeah, nice. It's not really yeah. for me. Once again, um, and I, I like, what was it called? The this one is called the Crystal Skull, or was that the previous yeah. one? I saw, but he, so the it's funny because I mentioned this yesterday. Skull. So two nights ago, two nights ago, flipping on the guide on Directv. And what do I find? Literally just started on Showtime, but The Last Crusade with the which is the one with Sean Connery as well. The best one. So and I'm important. like, I I am all in on this. And yeah. I watched the entire thing. It was great. Well, the thing is, is that this is also a brand that like so this is the tough thing about being guys around our age, is that there's some brands and that are older but not necessarily didn't necessarily have any continuity in life after we were a certain age. And so, like, when Indiana Jones rebranded and came back, I was like, oh, okay, this better be good. Because I was I was okay with right. where this ended. You know what I mean? Like, it was a trilogy. Um, we all know what happened. But the rebrand, you know, the new ones, I was like, I never caught on to that in the begin- to begin with because I don't know that I was ever really that attached to anything beyond the movies for Indy. Like, I, did, I wasn't a lunchboxes right. and dressing up like him with a whip and a fedora. No, me neither. Right. But I loved you know the movies. Saying. The three yeah. movies were great. <laughs> right. And yes. that was it. And so I never really caught on later. That's no knock on what they might be. That's just a different thing. The reason I bring that up is because Barbie, and I'm not going to ruin anything here, but it's part of a new trend of films that is very interesting, which is brands sort of self, not even reverentially, but existentially looking at themselves in different types of ways. You know, there's movie Air about, you know, Air Jordans, which has nothing to do with basketball. This Barbie movie is kind of a more irreverent look at it. There's also a movie coming out called Gran Turismo about a video game, like a real story about the kids who... Right, the real story about the the race. Yes, and like, it's just really interesting to see like this, oh, Cruz Azul, off the woodwork, oh, and over the bar. Sorry, I'm getting distracted. It's very interesting to see how some of these Dude, that's like their fifth shot on goal in nine minutes. Yeah, (laughs) it's, it's very interesting to see how some of these brands are sort of recycling themselves in ways that put up a mirror to who they are and uh you know i I don't know i find it find it very interesting just as a sort of a generalized content vehicle is these rebrands about yourself that so many brands are doing anyway that's my spiel for perfect segue perfect segue actually because the self-awareness of said brands (laughs) unlike lane kiffin is what i would say okay (laughs) 
So do we have the audio, um, Tyler and Laura, yeah. of Lane Kiffin from yesterday? Yep. Ranting and raving about the portal and NIL and all this. Let me let, let's Clint, let's Clint, let's have Clinton hear this. Let's go. Yes, please. Imagine like in professional sports, which again we are. So, as far as it is with players, that you're coaching a player in camp and then they, go, you know what? I don't like the way you're coaching me. I've graduated, so I'm going to go. I'm going to play for another team. Um, you know, and teams know that. I mean, people pre-portal and um you know they know who's who's going in they know who's graduated so you're really dealing with that too and that messes kids up i say like it's really challenging for a kid he's working out with his team in the off season but then other schools are calling him about going there and him being fully invested when hey the strength coach yells at me or i don't like the where i am on the depth chart and i can go i can go i can leave you know that's not really a good setup well, let's start with boo freaking who. Okay, let's start right. with that. Um, second of all, let's start with the fact that, A, your example sucks because graduate students could have left at any time even prior to the portal exactly. and NIL. Okay, so let's. that's number two. Number three, the people in Tennessee still hate you to this day because you have jumped job to job to job to job to job and left them particularly high and dry. So boo freaking who, mister? By the way, I have retooled my team in the portal that's why I started eight and one last year. Then I was flirting with Auburn uh, in the in the middle of the season or towards the end of the season, and then my team lost four in a row after that. <sighs> Lane, the gift that keeps on giving after he was left on a tarmac to not come back to USC. Okay, so here's the thing about what his complaint is. Everything you said is correct, but I do want to ask you this: as somebody who is probably more invested in college football than most people, even at the station, and that might even include Scott Kaplan, who played college football. And the reason I say that is this: there are actual issues, and I'm not saying in terms of like kids' um, futures being compromised or anything that has to do with like fairness, but like the problem here is that these football coaches are not smart enough to handle keeping a roster filled with an open market. It's as simple as that. They are not used to doing the work to either A, keep kids, or B, learn how to manage a system that is fluid. Their frustration is to blame the kids because they're, again, authoritarian figures who are used to running things. But you can tell. Yep. George, you see some of these media days, you see some of these things, talking season as they call it on the SEC network. These coaches are mad because they realize that they are not smarter than everybody else, and they never were. It was just that they had a function that worked on their side. So it's funny to hear their tonalities. When you say mirrors, George, it's not just look in the mirror because, you're, you know, because you got to do something that they couldn't do. Look in the mirror because you're not good enough to handle the real way that it works anymore. And that is what is fascinating to me. And I wonder when some of these schools are going to catch on and say, hey, we just need somebody who knows how to work the system. We don't need some guy that everybody's heard of. We don't need some guy that's going to ride it on a buffalo or whatever. We just need somebody who's actually going to make this place appeal to the kids who have a choice to go wherever they want, which is a totally different question than the, co- than the, than the question that most boosters have been asking for the last 50 to 100 years. I know. It, it's just amazing to me. And I hate the word 
guardrails now because everyone's like, oh, we need guardrails for NIL. <laughs> yeah, really? Uh, do we need guardrails in the rest of... Uh, uh, I mean, I, I can understand the government, you know, getting involved in, and putting guardrails for securities and uh, commodities, <laughs> but that's not what these children are, okay, or not these kids close. are. They're not securities and commodities, okay? So let's slow down on that because I thought this was a capitalistic society, right? Except for the kids in college. That's not yeah, the case. Yeah, no, it's, it's – and especially when you look at situations like – I mean, USC and UCLA as entire schools are bouncing from conference to conference. So it's really tough to yeah. say that there's something wrong with what the choices kids are making are when literally the system is totally been stacked against them. Not even stacked against them. It's been unfair and exploitative for the entirety of its existence up until like five seasons ago. Pretty much. Uh, all right. Radio Tinder's next. Never miss a moment of Sedona and Cap. You can always listen to the podcast on the new ESPN LA app. Uh, brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines from for Francis Ford Coppola. All right, Radio Tinder, award-winning, next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks, Morales. And uh, Carlo asked me earlier to hop back on Instagram, so I will be doing that. I don't know what my handle will be yet, but I will share it when I have it. So first things first, Seattle Mariners outfielder Jared Kelenic broke down in tears on Thursday as he discussed fracturing his foot on a water cooler during an angry outburst. After he struck out with two runners on base in the ninth inning of Wednesday's 6-3 loss to the Twins, Kelenic kicked a water cooler in a fit of rage. The kick resulted in a broken bone in his left foot. Quote, I just feel terrible, especially for the guys, he said to the media as he wiped away tears. I let the emotions get the best of me. I let my teammates down, and I take full responsibility. It's on me, he said. There have been moments where a player who's receiving a hefty salary to perform injures themselves in moments of frustration, and they ultimately wind up having to sit out a series of games, if not longer. Should athletes that injure themselves have to pay a fine or be suspended without pay while they recover? Swipe left or swipe right. Sedano, I'm coming to you first. Sedano? Sports are emotional. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. We got you. Oh, okay. I was wondering. I heard. Yeah, I didn't know you heard me there for a second. Uh, sports are emotional. I'm swiping left. So, no, that's a terrible precedent to set. Um, he's 23 years old. Okay. Like, you know how many remote controls I broke just watching football games, uh, you know, when I was 23 years old? I mean, come on. I mean, we're not going to find people for, even though he did hurt himself and he's a professional athlete. And yes, he should know better, but he's still, um, by all standards, still a young person that will make dumb mistakes. So. I- no. If you were a professional remote thrower, though, that's what I'm you, saying. And, and you injured yourself throwing, not throwing a remote. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get it. I, listen, this is actually I'm not going to say personal to me, but I remember when this happened to a guy I've covered quite a bit is Devin Williams on the Milwaukee Brewers. He was their setup guy. They made the playoffs yeah. and in a celebration. He punched a wall and he was out for the playoffs. And guess what? They popped out of the playoffs instantly, and he was embarrassed. It was one of those moments where you sort of have to grow up. But I will say, 
I don't think that the league should be fining Jared Kalanick, but if the Mariners said, listen, buddy, just so you know this never happens again, how about you give us 50K? You know what I'm saying? Like, And I get it. Like The embarrassment is one thing, but on the same side of the coin, or rather the other side of the coin, that's what the money's for, you know? And I, 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 if the team did something to say, you know what, there's a price to pay for this because you let the team down, I'd understand that. This is not the league's business, though, however. Yeah. Uh, I, so it's uh, funny because remember the Lakers benefited from this in the play-in. Um, if you remember Jaden McDaniels of the Minnesota Timberwolves prior to their game against the Lakers, uh, injured his right hand by punching a wall. Now, yeah. I... I I did a playoff game in the first round there when they played the Nuggets, and I did a report about said tunnel. And it one side of the tunnel, the side he punched, has a brick wall behind it because it's got like a like a draping like to it, like a sure. Like, and the left, the the right side is literally nothing. Like you would have punched it, and it would have gone into air basically. Like there's just like there's so nothing on the know. other side. Right. And he punched the wrong side. So I I don't know, man. Like I I just think that. Sports gets emotional, um, you know, and guys sometimes lose it, and particularly young guys tend to lose it. Um, right. Hell, we've seen older guys lose it, but this I have less. I... I have more leeway for a younger guy doing that. That's fair. All right. So yesterday, Universal Orlando announced that they'll be introducing a new land based on DreamWorks Animation that is slated to open next year. It's designed to be a family environment as it will be replacing Woody Woodpecker Kid Zone, which closed earlier this year, Mm. and now we know why. This falls in line with the larger trend toward making theme parks more family-friendly. How are we feeling about a DreamWorks-themed area coming to Universal Orlando? Dig it? Ditch it? Swipe left or swipe right? Yates, I'm coming to you. I'll swipe right. I think that a lot of these places need to use more of their IP in general to create things that are fun experiences. I mean, like... What's taking so long? I mean, I would argue, you know, I, I, I am a theme parks human, not in that I'm showing up as much as say Laura, but I like the idea of them because it gives more people who want to be entertainers chances to do the things that they love. I think it's really cool for sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. So uh, I'll say you. I will also swipe right. I'm in on a Kung Fu Panda ride or a oh, uh, Puss in Boots yeah. ride for DreamWorks. Like I, I'm totally in on that. Like I, I have no issues uh, with DreamWorks uh, at Universal Orlando, why not? Yeah, I think I they've imagine had a l- there'll be one at Universal LA soon. I, I'm hoping they they do bring this idea here because I think they've had a lot of missed opportunities with like that Shrek 4D thing. Uh, and you know, <laughs> excuse me, sorry, Bless I had to get my mic out of the way. I couldn't do it. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what I, what I was saying was that we, there was either going to be one of two things based on the sound it made. It was either yep. a, a violent sneeze <laughs> mm-hmm. as what it was, which is what was it was, incredible. or literally somebody cold clocked you without you knowing and the <laughs> microphone flew off your face. I had my phone in one hand and I started sneezing and I tried to use the other hand to get the mic up and it just... We heard all of it and it was it's incredible. Like me, it's Thank like me at shortstop at the Evans at 7 All-Star. Oof, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not going to keep making you relive that it's yet. Okay. It's okay, man. I was there. But anyway, what I was saying was Disneyland has had a lot of success with kind of revamping things. Obviously, their whole like yeah. Bugs Land zone was kind of a dud, but they've revamped it with Avengers Campus. So yeah, I think I'm I agree with you guys. I'm excited to see what this brings. And That's I hope cool. it I do hope that it comes here. All right. Next, earlier this week Netflix announced their intentions to kill off the cheapest no ads plan for new members as it looks to boost its ad supported tier. Existing basic members can remain on this plan until they change their plans or cancel their account. Netflix's standard with ads um, 
Standard with Ads Plan is what it's called. Provides yeah. viewing on up to two devices simultaneously, but does not provide offline viewing or the option to add an extra member. The plan serves an average of four unskippable ads per hour. This is a trend we're seeing with streaming services increasing their pricing and trying to make more ad profit off of its subscribers. There will be a tipping point, whether it's with too many ads or it being too expensive, when you'll consider canceling a streaming service. Swipe left or swipe right. Sedano. Yeah, the ads will play a role in this. If I'm paying money, I want to not have ads. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, that's kind of the whole point of this thing. So I'm going to swipe left if there's more ads. Uh, I'm I'm swiping. What is the thing where you're like, don't ever put this person back on my feed, kind of thing? If, if there's an option, <laughs> I think you're. I think that's a block, right? N Netflix is moving very close to that. Now I'm not going to go off on a whole thing about the greed of the various studios, which I could and will gladly do so if people want to engage that. But my point is, is that in specific. Netflix has been getting real dicey with all of these little mini chops of their subscription over the past whatever amount of years. The goodwill of Netflix was, guess what? We can share it, but we're all still watching it. You know what I'm saying? And for now, they're going to be like, well, you can only share with certain people. And if you share this, you get that and blah, blah. It's like, dude, I am not doing this much work to watch what Netflix has to offer. I'm sorry. It's just not worth homework in terms of pricing and billing in order to be able to access the product I, I just that to me is not a good part of the user experience on any level yeah. and never mind the greed that the studios are displaying yeah i could do crazy stuff like cutting down trees in the middle of the city oh in goodness. order to affect strikers yeah. it's messed up dude. i think it's getting a little ridiculous uh, too i agree see why and in addition to this netflix even came out and said that they had a five million subscriber boost when they cracked down on password sharing so there's clearly not an issue with the company making money, right. and this just definitely just feels like a money grab. So I definitely agree. Uh, since you asked me, I'm also gonna swipe left. All right. So <laughs> there's a thread on Reddit asking men what their red flags are when it comes to other men. Some of which include throwing their friends under the bus when women are around. Um, really struggled to deal with guys I thought were my friends doing this when I was younger. It's like a switch goes off in them when attractive women are around and all bets are off. Another example, talking negatively about their spouse or kids. Men who can joke about others but can't take it. Uh, by a remarkable coincidence, all of their exes are crazy. Consistent <laughs> lack of personal hygiene. So you have bugaboos and red flags of your own when it comes to other men you both encounter and are also friends with. Swipe left or swipe right. What say you, CY? I swipe right. Uh, that means yes, right? I forget this all the yep. time because I'm yep. not on the apps anymore. You're doing it. My number one red flag is inability to communicate in social situations in terms of punctuality. I yes. don't care if you're going to be 15 minutes late. I don't care if you're canceling before we said we were going to do it. I have a real problem with people who can't say, here's where and here's the time. I'll be there. If folks are doing things like, oh, are you there yet? I'll be there shortly. I'm around the corner. Nah, B, forget all that. Tell me when and where you're going to be there, and I'll make a decision on when and where I'm going to be there as a result, and we'll communicate until we both see each other. Keeping everything in relative terms, a lot of people do this just so that they don't really have any accountability to their own desire to show up someplace that they said they were going to do. It's so weird to me. Like, so I'm weird. actually a really big fan of ETA sharing. I don't know if that's like yes, too much. you got to do it. But like, no, hey, man, this is where I am. It'll update you if I hit any traffic or if something happens, but like, this is where you can expect me to be and when. Right. That's That, to me, is in fact, not only is that a red flag, 
it is on the other side of it a number one green flag if you do it well. You know oh, what okay. I'm saying? Like, I like it. I will hang out with somebody way more if they are able to communicate when and where they're going to be somewhere. Never yeah. mind if they're going to be the one place that we said once we wanted. Yeah, reliability is a big deal, especially Huge. with friends. All right, yes. so Donna, what's that you? So I will also swipe right, but my biggest pet peeve is, it, particularly when you meet somebody for the first time and they don't shut up. Like, all they do, and they don't, like, listen. You know what I mean? Like, and or they do the thing where you're telling a story, right? Let's say I'm telling a story um, about my kids, right? Oh, yeah, my kids do this thing, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's great or it's not great or, you know, it's just like a parenting conversation. And the, that same person needs to one-up you on either in a yes. more grandiose way or in a worse way. Yeah. And it's just like, and it's not like, look, one time in a, or two times in a conversation over a span of, t- of an hour or two or three, sure, that can happen because we all have experiences that are relative. But when it's literally every time, like, oh, you're never going to believe it happened to me. It's this. Right. And it's just like, and all they want to do is talk. It's almost and like not a personality to, flaw when people got to do that, you know? Oh, my God. It's like, it's, yo, there are multiple people here trying to have a group conversation. This is right. not the you show, especially for the first time if you're meeting somebody. I couldn't this. agree more. Laura, I'm going to rephrase this for you because I want to get your take, too. Are there any girlfriends or girls that you associate yourself with where these kinds of things happen and you're just like, no, nah, I can't have any more of this? I think one of the biggest things for me is because um, I, I agree. I mean, I don't have kids, but. I have a friend who does what Sedano says. She always got to hit the punctuation like this. This is me, right? But one of the other things is projecting. Like if you're going through something and you're just lashing out at the people around you because you're just projecting based on what you're going through. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, relax. Like, yeah. what are we doing here? We're all here to have a good time, like, you know? Yeah, like that's crazy to me because uh, one of my girls, unfortunately, has been going through something. And I'm like, I had to set her aside. It's like, that's not you. What are we doing here? Like good vibes only, you know. So when you right. project based on or you're mad at somebody, I'm like, what are we doing? Like that's crazy to me. Oddly enough, a lot of these things intertwined, as it that's were. True. You know what I'm saying in terms of people's social skills in general. All right, that was Radio Tinder. All right, brought to you by our friends at Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala, award-winning small batch premium sippy tequila made from the finest mature agaves available everywhere fine tequilas are sold. Visit their website, tequilamandala.com, and demand the extraordinary with Tequila Mandala. Coming up next, athletes take to Instagram, and we try to decipher what they mean. (laughs) We'll get to that next. This song. You stick around and make it worth your while. Pretty fire. What you can doubt. Maybe speak because I'm so I mean, it felt like they hadn't had an album in a long time when this yeah. one came out. And it was just like people were like, whoa, I forgot about them for a second. Yeah, you it know? was like, when they, they still so, got it. So this album, Hello Nasty, I've, uh, there's there's one particular point in life where this album meant a lot to me. It's because so the album cover, this album came out the beginning of the summer before my senior year. I believe that's correct. And so. A bunch of the, you know, a bunch of us got it that summer, and so by the time the school year started, we all knew all the songs. And the Beastie Boys were big in right. my friend group and all that for years. And so, like, you're right, they hadn't had an album in a while, and when this one dropped, it was huge. And so, the cover of that album, if you remember what it is, it's like the Beasties in a sardine can, um, in the right. middle of this like thing with this very particular font on it. I was one of the people picked to design our yearbook cover because I was an art student, and 
that's what we made our cover. It was like a version of the album cover that we did our senior year yearbook for. And so, oh, wow, that sounds awesome. Hello, nasty for that. Yeah. You got a photo of that? See why? If I have a photo, if I find one, you know, let me ask my crew. Yeah, sure. And uh, I will will send it. I want to see that. Let me, let me, let me, let me see if I can do this right now. It's going to take a second, so carry on. But in the meantime, uh, still nil nil after 33 minutes uh, between. uh, Cruz Azul and uh, Inter Miami. Still right. no Messi yet, although it seemed like he was massaging his thighs, so I'm guessing he'll eventually get in uh, at some point. Um, now, I mentioned... Yeah, stretch lap. I mentioned earlier, before we went to break, uh, athletes take to Instagram and we will try to decipher. Now, I have two athletes for you, Clinton. Uh, okay. we can, you can pick the one you'd like to start with. Do you want to start with James Harden or Caleb Williams? Let's start... With Harden and end with the local guy, local to D.C. and LA Okay, me. so James Harden posted on Instagram recently just a black screen on his story, and he wrote, been comfortable for so long, period. It's time to get uncomfortable. <laughs> now, do you believe he is sub-texting, in this case, sub-Instagramming, yeah. sub-IGing Daryl Morey? <laughs> Like, what is happening here? Because I would contend, if I'm James Harden, I know I've got a bad reputation in this sense. I have literally jumped to three teams in, like, four years, okay? I get that, okay? But in the most recent scenario, when I went back to the bosom, the comfortable bosom of Daryl Morey as James Harden, I took less money. Now, that's also ultimately my fault in the end, right? But I took less money for the betterment of the team when I was always being criticized for a guy who was not a team player, okay? And now he wants out. And Daryl Moore is like, no, nah, dog, I love you, but not that much. And I feel like he is kind of trying to assert some dominance here via the Instagram. Am I deciphering this incorrectly? I, I, I don't know about assert some dominance, but he's certainly playing chess. Now, Sedano, you are a man of the league, well more so than I am. And I have to ask you, on a basic level, what is James Harden's problem in Philly? Like, I'm genuinely not sure I truly understand what the gripe is when he led the league in assists last year. His teammate won MVP. Sure, they were disappointing in the playoffs, but, like, dude, what did you want? Okay, now I'm going to give you— Three teams in four years. What are we doing? I'm going to give you reckless speculation, Okay. Okay. So I'm going to put my reckless speculation hat on in this scenario, okay? So aggregators do not mount up, okay? This is not a report. This is just me just guessing, okay? Now, to my knowledge, okay, the the word on the street was that prior to the Harden trade, one Joel Troel Embiid, as he likes to call himself, uh, preferred perhaps a former Washington Wizard, current Phoenix Sun, Bradley Beal, to be his running mate. Is that right? That's what the word on the street was back in the day. Okay, How about that? So I think that that, and then Daryl, clearly, as James Harden, I believe he called him once his basketball Jesus uh, at one of those MIT Sloan conferences. Uh, Being his guy, Daryl being the general manager, won out in that scenario. So I believe that initially there wasn't a lot of like, 
hey, this is the guy I wanted. This there was. Or, pardon me. Let me back up. There was a lot of this is the guy I wanted versus the guy you wanted kind of thing, right? Sure. That's okay. my guess. Okay. So the relationship already doesn't start on great footing. Okay, from that regard, and. I, look, I, I don't know James personally at all, okay? All right. And what I would say is I feel like he gets a little bit of a bad rap for the Brooklyn thing because a lot of us would have wanted out of Brooklyn with the whole crazy scenario that unfolded there at sure. the time, if you recall correctly, okay? Yes. Now, the Houston thing, I have no excuse making for him. My man showed up, like, looked like easily 15 pounds or 20 pounds overweight, <laughs> right? Wanted nothing to do with that place, at the end there. Um, so that one I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give him a pass on. But the Brooklyn one I can I can make I can make a case for it. In this one, I think that was the starting point of the relationship. And I think that James was also criticized heavily, you know, rightfully so, for being a guy who didn't step up in the playoffs. Meanwhile, yes, he did have a bad end to that series, but if you may recall he won them specifically two games in that series where people were like, whoa, is James Harden turning a corner deep in the playoffs here? And and I think part of that was he was like, he still got bleeped on. You know what I mean? At the end yeah, of the day. And he's like, wait a second. If, if I'm going to take this grief, I might as well do it where I want to do it, not in a town I didn't want to be in. And I only came to because... Uh, my uh, Sherpa was the general manager to a place where the guy who I'm playing with probably didn't want me to begin with. Yeah, I just feel like, you know what, James? You're just a touch too old for that, and that's what the money's for yet again. This team is actually good. You're actually performing. If the ego sort of feeling thing at this stage of your life and career is usurping your ability to win, that to me is very weird. And I'm not saying it's unconscionable. I just find that at some point you ask out, you ask out, okay, somebody disrespected you. You're playing well. You know what I'm saying? Your team needs you. It just it's one thing if the if the if the house is on fire or whatever's going on with your franchise is a disaster. That is like not the, the Brooklyn case now. situation. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Those to me it's one thing to put those in individual boxes. Okay, that's fine. But now we have the cumulative box, and the result we are in now is the best one yet. It seems very, very childish to one out in this situation. But that that's just me. That's just me. Yeah. Anyway. I, I think he also looks at the money thing, to your point, though, in the other way, where he's like, yo, I could have gone and, like, made the cap situation way worse, and we couldn't have gotten a bunch of these guys. Um, you know, PJ Tucker came here basically to play with me and Daryl. And it's just, you know, there, there seems to be like ego clashes it, yes. a, a, across the board is what I would say. Not just right. with him. Um, no, totally that's agree. my interpretation of it. Recklessly speculating about the situation, completely uninformed, um, Maybe slightly informed, but not really informed is what right. I would say. Now you, you, others is informed and you know those others a little bit. So there's that. Um, okay. Yeah. Now, I would get to the Caleb thing, but we could probably just do it on the other side because we're kind of yeah. short on time here to begin yeah. with. Because I do think the Caleb Instagram post to me also sticks out in an interesting way because I feel like there's a lot of paths here for young Caleb Williams. And I think he may be alluding to one particular path. Now, maybe it's just happenstance because he happens to be in a particular city today. But nonetheless... I love to read into this, especially on a Friday in the middle of the summer when we have nothing to talk about. <laughs>
So we will do that about Caleb Williams on the other side after what you need to know. CY is in the house for Cappy, Sedano, and Cap 710 ESPN. But first, let me tell you uh, about Rams training camp. Speaking of football, coming up to UC Irvine, your home of Rams football is right here, 710 ESPN. We'll have unprecedented coverage this season, and it all begins on Saturday, July 29th, with me and Cappy at 4 o'clock out there at UC Irvine on a Saturday your boy got an extra vacation day for it. Sedano and Cap on Saturday, next Saturday, July 29th, 4 o'clock. Make plans to be with us that afternoon at UC Irvine for Rams training camp on 710 ESPN. Back in dos minutos. <laughs> 